Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name's Trevor Mueller. With me is Kayla Olin. And uh, <laughs> Kayla, uh, we're heading into the bye week now, and uh, Washington's sitting at two and three, and there's a lot of questions um, to be answered on the, around this program. But first off, we got to meet in Corvallis. We got to hang out for just a couple of minutes at halftime. Uh, what was your experience like in Corvallis? Corvallis was pretty good. I had been to Corvallis two years ago and had uh-huh. an amazing experience this time, got there a lot earlier and they had this, it called it a beaver block party, but Husky fans could go in yeah. and they had inflatable games for the kids. They had like a basketball, a football, a baseball. They brought out and pulled out this huge jumbotron TV and yeah. put on the Oregon and Stanford game. And that was really the cool. only time that Oregon and Washington fans were sitting there high-fiving each other. <laughs> uh, but it was really fun and it was nice and it was inclusive. And for the most part, fans were fantastic. The college kids were pretty rude, to be honest, but I mean, all the other fans like were super great. They were helping us kind of find where like the team buses go and everything. And so they were really, really nice. And the atmosphere just with the game experience was really, really nice. That's really cool. Yeah. And I got to meet your beautiful wife. Yeah, you did. It was was prettier in person than you said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you got to come meet her. She's like, it's on the other side of the field. She, she thought she had comfy boots on, but they uh, weren't as comfy as she thought. Like that's what she usually wears when she goes and measures a house, but walking miles, I guess, wasn't the best. So, uh, but I was like, come on, you gotta go meet Kayla. So she came down and she was really happy. She did. It was really good. Um, yeah, it was fun for me too. We, my, my sister-in-law's boyfriend is, um, is a professor there at Oregon state. So he took us over and we got to go see his office, which like looked over this kind of, you could see the stadium, but you could see like the Willamette Valley. It was beautiful. Um, got to go uh, to Mike Parker's, the voice of the Beavers, got to go to his tailgate and hang out with him for a little bit. Um, he had already announced the start of the game is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, then, you know, getting in line and, and waiting with all the COVID protocols was brutal. I missed, um, I actually missed Washington's first drive. But uh, they, didn't, I do... they didn't, when we were going through ours, like, sorry if this gets anybody in trouble, but they did not check or ask to see our COVID vaccinations or anything like that. Yeah. Like we brought in a box of donuts. They were like, oh, you know, visiting team guests and stuff like that. Like, oh, you're fine. And just like, let oh, us right on awesome. through. I was like- Okay. That's fantastic. I think by the time it started moving quicker, once the game has started, and I think it was like, come on, let's, let's fill the stadium. Cause there was, from what I saw, there wasn't very many people in there at kickoff just from the angles I could see. Nope. Um, there was a, a Husky fan in front of me. That's from Corvallis grew up in Corvallis as a Husky fan. And uh, his name was Damien. He was a great guy and uh, a, an Oregon state tailgater that was had their truck parked right next to our line gave the kid uh, a Coors light so I thought that was pretty cool um nothing but um awesome you know getting razzed after the game uh Matt and I went and picked up pizza for everybody and uh, I, I got some Oregon State fan laughing at me and flashing the dubs which was pretty funny so oh the dubs down or whatever it, it, she went straight up she just made wow. fun of me I, I, re- I respected it um, yeah, I was trying to be super respectful. I was like, great game, you know, like yeah. again, and like all more like, oh, dubs down, dubs down, you know, and it's just like, okay, you know, go beat Oregon, but like, yeah. <laughs> don't be so rude, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I just said, congrats. I'm trying to be nice. I didn't say, right. you know, like anything bad about your team. 
Right. I, I almost tweeted like- Can we also address that they rushed the field? I was just about to say that. Can yeah. we address that? <laughs> so I was gonna, I almost tweeted something about like, like how little brother of you to, but then I was like, I mean, it had been nine years since they beat Washington. So that's yeah. kind of a big deal. I was going to, I really just didn't want to kind of open up that can of worms in the comments or anything like that. Yeah. But like, I kind of just wanted to be like, wow, that might be the most like wazoo thing, you yeah, know, to Washington team. Good job. Like t- an unranked team rushed the field against an unranked team. Right. Like at that point, you know, <laughs> yeah. yikes. It's like, it's like Bama rushing against, I don't know, Clemson, you know, like, right. yeah, you're supposed to win You're favored. Congrats. Exactly. Yeah. It's Alabama basically rushing the field against anybody. But I, I thought that was comical, I guess, to put it I, nicely. I would agree with you. Um, I hope that Washington uh, never rushes the field against Oregon State in the history of the world. If they're number one and Washington is unranked, that is the only time I'll allow it. But even then, even then it's questionable. Like I might hesitate. I might be like, do I go? Do I not? Do I go? (laughs) You got to let the college kids celebrate though. I'll I'll give it to them. Um, Yeah. Could you imagine what happened if fans were there when they beat Oregon last year? Oh, it would have been wild. It's burning to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, There's no research stadium to, you know, improve (laughs) that the visitor side to Um, what are your initial thoughts on the game itself? The game itself was frustrating for a few reasons, Mm -hmm. just because as a fan, I am nervous kind of that this is the game that we go back to and that we circle and that we say, this is the reason if Washington ends up only having five wins on the season, this game is probably going to sting more than any other, other one, you know, Apple cup, Oregon, whatever, this one's going to sting most just because if you look at the five scoring drives that Oregon state had four of those started in Washington's territory. Yes. They only had to work for one of them. And it was that pun inside the tent. Yep. Other than that, it was basically handed to them on a silver platter, not uh, Oregon state is a great team. Oregon state is a great team, but there was so many things that went wrong for Washington that shouldn't have happened and it makes while a great and exciting game to watch and great to be there it makes it sting a little bit more Uh, yeah yeah I'm I'm right there with you I mean it it was being there it was a real I don't know what it was like on tv but it was a really entertaining game to be at because it was physical um but it seemed like every chance Washington got they would make a big mistake um the fumble the 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 interception that uh Morris threw when uh they were starting to maybe get a little bit of a steam because that was right that was around the 40 uh Washington's 40 yard line so they had uh completed at least one um first down by that point uh and then you know, getting backed up the kickoff that, um, was brought out to the 15, just putting Washington in such a tough spot, but then, you know, obviously Washington is able to, they're, they're finally, they're the last team to have a 20 yard run on the season, you know, so they, good job, Washington. You were the last (laughs) better late than never, I guess, but, you know, follow that up with the, with that awesome fumble by Fatu to Atele. Um, they take the lead. You're feeling really good and really, it felt like the game came down to that 
play call they had at the end of the game. And I, I would agree. I, I think you would agree with me. It was the right call uh, to go for it on fourth down the QB sneak with more than um, more than a yard. I don't know if that's necessarily the route I would have gone. I love that you brought up that play call because I think it's a, it's a controversial play call Mm -hmm. because I love it. I love the guts. I love that. That was something that I think was missing from Bush Hamden and coach Pete Right, is not having the guts to go for it in a situation like that, because if Washington gets it, Washington wins. I, I agree. Three timeouts on the clock. You know, Oregon state only has two. You're now at midfield. Right. And you control the game. Yeah. So I love that. The only thing that may kind of have me question it, like if I was sitting there, if I'm Jimmy, like, is I'm like, you know, if we punt it from field position, we're at, we can down it inside the 10, possibly the five. Agreed. It's a tie game. Mm -hmm. This defense has been playing very, very, very well. Mm -hmm. We now make Oregon state March all the way down and earn it. Because, and, and there was three and a half minutes, I believe left on the clock with, you know, again, the three timeouts and the two timeouts Mm -hmm. and worst case scenario, you know, like they get down and it's a long field goal. They somehow make it after he had already missed one Oregon state's kicker had already missed one all night. Right. And best case scenario, you stop them, you get the ball back, you get a takeaway yeah, and you sit there and you kind of control it a little bit more again. So I like it. I don't like, like you said, the quarterback sneak, right? but I don't hate that decision. It was, it was literally a roll of the dice I agree. and yeah. Yeah. And, and putting it where maybe Oregon state has to speed it up and, and put it on the arm of chance Nolan, like uh, that obviously was a recipe for success for Washington for most of the night. So uh, I, I like the play call. You've sort of like, inched me closer to like, yeah, maybe they should have punted. Cause you know, race Porter uh, is arguably the best player on that program. So yeah, aside from his one weird punt last night, like yeah. on the one that was kind of botched that went over, he had unbelievable. Kick he kicked that. I, Oh my gosh. I about uh-huh. collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and he pinned him in like, within the 10 yard line on that one. I mean, what yeah. an amazing athletic play by race. Um, just continues to give Washington's defense a chance to compete. Um, unlike, unfortunately the offense. Yeah. Because um, I mean, the wash Washington's defense then, you know, has to kind of make them go 90 yards. Whereas the defense, if they gave up 20 yards, which, you know, ended up happening, right. Oregon state wins. And that's ultimately what happens. So exactly, it's a, it's a chess match almost, you know, yeah. <laughs> who's going to make that risky move. Yeah. Uh, some stats for you, Dylan Morris, uh, 17 to 26, 142 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, he had a 44 yard touchdown throw to Terrell Bynum in the opening. He had a huge, and and I'll give him credit for this. He had one huge, uh, fourth down 18 yard pickup to Kamari Pleasant who made an absolute just big boy football play to stay up to get the first down you take those two throws away he threw 80 yards um on 15 uh 15 completed passes um sean mcgrew 16 carries 104 yards two touchdowns kamari pleasant 12 
for 84. I mean, those are, those are kind of your stars right there. And then Kamari Pleasant also with 30, uh, 30 receiving yards on three catches. Um, Washington, obviously they outgained Oregon state mostly because Chance Nolan only threw it 15 times, uh, completed seven of them for only 48 yards. And one of them came on a, like a, a, a it was a, oh, I don't know. It's probably down here a 22 yard reception. So you take that one away and you're looking at almost another non-existent quarterback game where Oregon state had to pound the ball. But as you were saying with the field position, Washington's uh, so Washington ended up giving up 4.8 yards on the ground. Um, But that is you're dealing with short fields. So Oregon state's able to pound the ball without having to get into a rhythm where Washington isn't able to, you know, get into any sort of rhythm. And it kind of goes to show, you know, really game, really game planning. And I think Kamari Pleasant really, really, really stepped up. I was so happy to see him. Yep. Just the leading overall with offensive numbers, like you said, 84 and 30, that's 114. That's more than any, other player there on offensive side. So somebody who was pretty hush hush the first few games Mm -hmm. didn't get to see the field. The first couple stepped up big and it made me optimistic in the run game a lot more, both him and Sean McGrew, which I was not feeling good going into this game. So brought a little bit of hope and optimism, even after such a tough loss. So if I put you in a time machine and I go back and I, 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 I go back to Kayla of last week and I say, Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant are going to gain 192 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. What do you think the score of this game? Do you think the outcome's different? I would go with more along the lines of what Mike yeah. Martin was saying, because he said, you know, Washington wins by 20. Uh-huh. And I basically just laughed at him. Right. And had you thrown out that, hey, early prediction or, you know, let's see the future. Here's mm-hmm. the yardage. We don't know what happens, but here's the yardage. I'm like, okay, sold. Washington. Win. Yeah. Washington wins. Done. Yeah. Um, it's also a problem when your best quarterback is Sean McGrew. Honestly, like he had his head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. He looked, he ran, he passed. He Yeah. NFL combine. Here he comes. Quarterback. Get get in the quarterback shirt. (laughs) And, and here's the thing, like the thing that makes me nervous going forward is um, we've seen Richard Newton struggle. We've seen Cam Davis struggle, obviously with the big fumble this today, uh, yesterday, negative Um, 19 yards, negative 19. 19. Yeah. So the two guys that are, are the competent backs right now, uh, don't have another year of eligibility. They're they're both six year seniors. So you look forward. There's some talent in that running room, uh, but you could see we're used to. I, I almost got used to. You, I'm sure you did too. Just oh, Chris Polk leaves. Okay, here comes Bishop Sankey. Bishop Sankey leaves. Here's this freshman Miles Gaskin and. And now, and then Savan Ahmed, who was really kind of one and two with him, but so much uh, uh, production out of the running back room. And you're looking at it now, like after McGrew and Pleasant, 
who's going to step up next year? Is it one of the freshmen that's there right now? Is it Jay Davey on Sunday, Caleb Berry, uh, Ameka, uh, Ameka Megwa? You don't know. I fully believe that Cam Davis steps up. I do too. Because I don't know how much you were kind of really watching the stands because you were on the Beaver sideline. So, you know, you were definitely mm-hmm. a lot further away. And after that, Cam Davis on that fumble, he walked the opposite side of the field. So to the very end of their team box. Uh-huh. And he sat there and you could see him talking to himself and, you know, like hitting his helmet and just sitting there. And he had to have a third string defensive end come up to him and, you know, kind of like pat him on the shoulder, like kind of get him back into it. He never saw the field again. Right. But to kind of see, instead of just going over and sulking by the coaches, he just, I, I fully think that he can get there. I think Sunday is probably going to be the best running back coming up. But it's nerve wracking, especially because as Washington fans, like you said, we never really had a running back red flag. Right. Right. And that's where, I mean, these guys, I mean, there's so much pressure put on them already being a, a high level athlete like this and it's pressure they're used to. And I know that the, it takes a while to, for most players to, you know, mature into uh, being a, a big time player. It's just that we've, as Husky fans have been so uh, spoiled by how productive these true, I mean, Bishop Sankey was a true freshman when he came in, Miles Gaskin was a true freshman and they just took off and this next group, it's taken them a while, but I mean, you look at Sean Gru and Kamari Pleasant and they didn't play a ton when they were young and, and now look at them there. Uh, they're really the heart and soul of this offense. And I think another thing too, to kind of look at is when you mess up in this coaching staff, you don't see the field for a game, maybe two. Yeah, you're right. Dominic Hampton, that unsportsmanlike Michigan did not see the field against Arkansas state just saw it towards the end of Cal Mm -hmm. and you didn't see Cam Davis the rest of the time against Oregon state. You know, are you going to see him? you know, against UCLA at home in two weeks? Probably not. Yeah. Especially if Richard Newton's back. And I think those kids know that, right. that there is no room for error. It seems like here, no kind of, it's okay. Go and get back in it. Unless you're Dylan Morris, because you don't have an option right now. And I think that also kind of eats at them a little bit, you know, like they're afraid to mess up. Right. And I think because they're so afraid to mess up, you know, they don't want to go and try and make big plays because you know what happens? You go and you sit on that bench then. Right. To yeah, put, to put it bluntly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, this is, this is really weird, but it was somebody I really loved coming. Uh, like as a, I was in high school. Um, you remember Jason Williams from Duke? He, he uh, went to the bulls. Yeah, yeah. 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 And him and Kirk Heinrich were both like two young point guards. And, and I remember reading an article uh, after I, whoever their coach was ended up leaving, or I don't remember the situation, but he said it was really hard because every time I committed a turnover or anything like that, I was looking over my shoulder, wondering if Kirk was going to come in. And um, th- it's just such a fine line, right? Like there's, these are teachable moments, but uh, also at the same time, like every single play matters in a college football game. Um, so, I mean, I, I love accountability, but I also like, giving, giving these players another chance to, 
you know, come back and, and make that play. And it doesn't have to be in the same game. Um, it, I, 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 I actually, I, I see the, the, the merit in both. I do too. Like it kind of goes back to, have you seen that clip of Mario Cristobal? And yes. yeah, you've seen that very, very, mm-hmm. very, you know, kind of split real animated. Yep. Yeah, throwing his headset, getting in his face, absolutely right. screaming. And his player sat there and he shook his head. He looked him in the eyes. He said, yes, yeah. sir. You know, completely understand that. But in a situation where you kind of want to be like, it's okay. You know, Christian McCaffrey, he fumbles the ball. Right. Russell Wilson throws interceptions. Right. Players miss tackles and mm-hmm. give up big, you know, touchdowns. It's part of the game. Right. <laughs> it's part of the game. And so... Mm-hmm. With that, you can teach them and be like, yeah, you did this. Right. You know, protect the ball better. Hold it. Hold it like this. Right. Make them sit for a little bit. But you're also like college. College coaches are there to obviously win for the college program. Mm -hmm. But you're also there to help them get to their next level. Right. Because, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I, maybe that's the disconnect as a high school coach. Like my goal is to, you know, help these kids not necessarily get to the next level. Although some of them do it's, it's teaching them grit It's teaching them uh, how to come back from mistakes. And as in baseball, you're just literally always dealing with mistakes. And so um I, I just, I think that there's, there's a lot of value in, um, uh, the the way that I do it is, is I'm, I'm going to get, you know, there's always going to be some sort of consequence, right. But when it comes to a physical mistake, I'm a lot, I'm going to be a lot more forgiving on a physical mistake than I am a mental mistake. So like I get the Hampton Cam Davis in a high leverage situation, I get not putting him in, but there were, I I thought, and, and maybe he will be back soon. Um, but you know, that's a physical mistake more than a mental mistake, unless I miss something. You can go back and look at Cam Williams against USC with those two picks. Yep. We've talked about that mm-hmm. before started starting. He gave up a big touchdown and he did not see the light of day in 2020. Yep. You know, how deep does it go past right. a mistake? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And I'm all about for holding people accountable for everything. Right. But there's also a fine line between kind of getting past a stubbornness or, you know, benching them as a teaching moment. Right. And kind of letting them think about it, letting mm-hmm. them, I guarantee you, you know, he doesn't want to do that. Right. Like they're probably their biggest critics. Right. And right. so... It's really hard to kind of see some of that and see how the game went down and, Mm -hmm. you know, any of the pointing fingers that are going around because, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that, that led to a touchdown. Yes. And the other part of it is the other two really got into, like they got into a groove too. So that could have been part of it too. Exactly. You know, like, and at that point, you know, you don't need to put Cam Davis in because why go away from what's working? Yeah. I mean, saw that on the very last play for Washington. Well, went, went away from what's working, and that's what happened. You're absolutely right. Um, what do you think? What would you? What, what is your turning point for the defense? Turning point for the defense is probably, gosh, it's hard because Asa had that great interception that came two plays yeah. after Dylan Morris threw his interception, mm-hmm. and that is what got Washington back into this game. Yeah, 
went down, scored. And then the next one on that punt fumble recovery scored. Yeah. That then swung a 14 point swing with Washington in that fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. which I think was huge in keeping them in the game. Right. Defensively to kind of go away from what was working for them was the final drive when Oregon state went down like 92 yards, Mm -hmm. I think was that big, big, big drive just because PJ Baylor just had his way on that drive. Yeah. And and they really held him and it to, for, for a a back like BJ Baylor, they held him in check and for BJ Baylor. Exactly. And so positive defensive thing was, you know, getting that back into the swing of things. The negative was, I think, you know, defense just getting tired and seeing, you know, like, wow, we just gave up 92 yards and not even two minutes. Yeah, that was absolutely brutal. And um, we'll get to this more with grades, but I mean, just, I mean, the time of possession battle, uh, Oregon State won at 32-27. So like it wasn't as lopsided as it felt at times, but it felt like there were times where Washington was giving Oregon State the ball back quickly. Um, Offense... Yeah. Like, I mean, you kind of talked about getting the ball back and that had to definitely do with, you know, the offense not really doing their job and staying on the field and kind of, you know, three and outs and everything like that. But mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> again, how much you want to blame the defense, how much you want to blame the offense. I think it depends on who you ask. Yeah. And it probably depends on what position they play. Um, so for the offensive side, uh, I think that the, uh, the, the play of the game for definitely for the positive, um, was Sean McGrew's first touchdown of the day where he broke a couple of tackles. Um, it it came out of the wildcat, which I mean, in this game seemed like it was the best, uh, the best formation that they had. And, um, on that play, he went, uh, where is it here? Uh, it was a 39 yard touchdown and I uh, broke a couple down the sideline and uh, into the end zone and, and really sparked Washington's run game. Um, and then obviously the turning point is the fourth down that they could not comfort in the fourth quarter. Which was huge. And, you know, we kind of like talked about that a little bit more yeah. as a coach. What do you think you would have done? Like in that spot, and I know we've talked about it. And I know we've kind of had a chance to kind of sit on it, but what do you actually think you would have done in that moment? Cause I know you thought something, I know you've been like, Oh, I might've done this. Yeah, no, I would have gone. Um, I would have gone to um, Sean McGrew on a, in a jumbo package. Yeah, and, and just cause I, and what, and that's a perfect segue into grades. Cause I think the offensive line um, played a pretty decent football game. Um, but we're going to start. Um, so at average Husky fan said, do the coaches grades first. So I know if I need <laughs> to keep listening. So, um, uh, it says, since the pressure's on, I'll start with my coaching grades and we'll go from there. So that uh, might be the best tweet. I think I <laughs> ever been mentioned in because at that point like I'm done talking <laughs> I'm just gonna go yeah. ahead and just sign off now exactly like if, if if average Husky fan doesn't like this 
um, will get credit for the listen, but I don't think he's going all the way. Like, so, it's like um, that, uh, I know I mentioned earlier, like Price is Right, and it reminds me of, you know, like, do you want to, like, push even more like how high does it go before you kind of like the like the little hitchhiker falls and you're like yodeling 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 before you like that's about to be me exactly um uh a coaching gets an f i mean you you schemed yourself into a loss in a, a lot of ways in this game um yes the secondary was really good, but yes, there was, um, there were still holes in the, in, in, in the front seven for, for BJ Baylor and company to keep the ball and, uh, move down, move down the field, even in short yardage situations, you still saw the, the safeties back, which, um, is that a Gregory thing? Is that a Lake thing? Is that a Peterson thing? Or is it a Kukowski thing? It doesn't matter. It's, um, the runs run support. They're still, issues there and with the absolute strength of your team uh if you tally up all your nfl players you know your your biggest percentage is going to be in the secondary challenge them yeah i mean what when are we going when are we going to see um kyler gordon trent mcduffie on an absolute island and let them win their battles uh one-on-one because you know sometimes in the nfl when they get there that's going to happen so uh, I thought the the scheme at some points for the defense was was bad. Um, I thought offensively, obviously, it's it's the same story. I mean, you score twenty four points, but fourteen of those points came in three plays. Yeah. So uh, and they were on Sean McGrew's legs, and they were when your quarterback was split out like a wide receiver. So the offense, the attacking offense, the explosive offense that we were promised has not shown up. And then um, when it comes to the head coach, I mean, he's, he's doing his best in press conferences and I don't know where I stand, how much I believe what he's saying, but he says, you know, it's all, all the, all the criticism goes to me. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because you hired, you, you made these hires and um, Oregon state's defense is, is improved, but it's not improved enough where the only thing that you can get to work is when your quarterback, when your running back is in the shotgun. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I, don't a, I hope you like that. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'm going to follow that one because I was leaning a little bit more towards a DD plus just because again, kind of showing that the gut and you know, like this if needed, but like the balls to go for mm-hmm. it on fourth and midfield to kind of yeah. solidify the game. I love, I, the, I love the aggressive idea. I, I thought that that was fantastic mm-hmm. just because coach Pete would have punted, yeah. you know, and the more you explained, you know, kind of like the scheming and we talked about, you know, moving those safeties up closer to the line to help with the run game and not really seeing that happen made me, you know, really think like, okay, you know, maybe not a D plus like D D minus F again, kind of like you were saying. And the thing that frustrates me with the coaching staff so much is nothing's changing. Nothing is changing. And you can, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about these position groups and these grades and everything like that. But at the end of the day, getting these kids to be better, breaking bad habits, teaching them, how to catch the ball better, how to, you know, run routes or 
block or make tackles or not miss tackles, anything like that comes down to those coaches. And if you look at Dylan Morris, that one, he got hit so hard, not even on his blind side. It came from the right tackle position because his head was locked down to that left side. He was not, his head was not on a swivel. Mm -hmm. He was not looking. He was locked in on these receivers waiting for them to get open and he got drilled. And I believe that was a third down situation. So that then falls on those coaches for not being like, you know, don't want to bash kids, but like Dylan, see this, you got to look, you can't stand there. Like, especially if you want to be one-on-one, you know, John Donovan is this quarterback coach. If you want a one-on-one be like, Hey, this offensive line's not living up to these expectations or they're not giving you kind of time. Like you can't just sit there, buddy. You know, you got, you got to look <laughs> mm-hmm. or you got to make some moves. You, you can't have a negative on a play either get even or get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, th- those are all really good points. And and as you were talking um, kind of what you were saying about um, these coaches, you know, uh, having to make, uh, you know, teach, you know, taking these teachable moments and, and helping these kids, uh, you know, get out of some of their bad habits. Um, I agree with that, but I, as you'll see, and at least my grades, some of the grades are higher because even put in tough, bad situations, there's some, there's still plays being made. And that's, what's so perplexing about it is there's no way you put Oregon state's roster on paper and you put or Washington's on paper there that's not a contest so you're not getting the best version of these players and i think that that comes you you might be getting it from individual players but as a cohesive unit defense offense special teams you're not getting the best out of them and that's on coaching 100% 100% quarterback going with a d minus <laughs> generous um, no i'm kidding <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, he, he looked uncomfortable in the pocket, even though for a lot of the game, it seemed like the pocket was okay. Um, he got, a, he got two balls batted down early that really set the tone poorly after a really good first, um, first drive, obviously the interception, but then there was a, 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 a I mean, a, there was an, a first down throw to, um, uh, to, um, Terrell Bynum that he was, he, he was the only one on that side. It was a sideline throws from the opposite hash mark, but all he had to do is throw it at him and, and it's a completed pass for a first down and he threw it out. He threw it where Bynum had to go out of bounds to get it. And he wasn't being hurried. Um, Bynum was wide open that there's no excuse for plays like that from your starting quarterback at the university of Washington. And that's why I go down because I saw some balls that were poorly uh, thrown that. And there was one where Jalen or Rome had to turn and come back yep. for a ball. I'm sure that's not how it was drawn up. Exactly. Or there was some passes, not even close kind of shots at the end zone. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I agree. Did you see grade. the defensive hold at the end of the first half on, um, on Bynum? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was so blatant. I was like, and, and he turns and looks and, and, and obviously he threw it to, um, he threw it to Taj Davis and it was incomplete, but 
Bynum had his guy absolutely burned and that kid made the business decision. I'd rather give up a penalty than give up a a wide open touchdown. And the officials absolutely missed it. There was a really, really bad one when Oregon state was on um, offense, they were at, I think uh, their own like 35 yard line or something like that. And it was a big scramble. And I think uh, Sam Taimani was coming off of the left side and it would like, he's sitting there just walk, like running like this, mm-hmm. like being held back. And like, these officials are like still like checking the like highlights of like the ASU and UCLA game. And I'm right. just like, right. <laughs> yeah. I, they I, missed. yeah. I, I swear to God, if, if the officials would, or if offensive linemen would stop holding um, Savelle Smalls, he'd have a sack a game. The only reason why I didn't scream is because of the um, inverted whistle that uh, put a Oregon state in a fourth down situation because he was clearly inbounds. He was, but that kid who caught it went out of bounds and came back in the, uh, the, the side official had thrown his hat. Yeah. And then, and then Jonathan Smith wants to challenge, you know, and I'm like, you can't challenge that. You can't challenge that. Ooh, Sorry. I was sitting in a uh, just a, a, a sea of orange, and they were upset at that call. I bet I was like, okay, you get one free pass this game, <laughs> one free pass. Right, running backs, run, running backs get a B plus. Um, other than the the fumble, I thought they they were the most uh, productive on the field. Um, I thought they played a great game. Obviously, Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant were um, warriors. Yeah, you take out Cam Davis and you probably get an A minus. Oh, for sure. For, an A. Exactly. For mm-hmm. finally getting past 20 yards. Yep. <laughs> for yep. throwing, for touchdowns, for extending plays. Kamari picked up some big third and longs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they looked they looked great. They looked great, which was yeah. my biggest worry and why I actually picked Oregon State going into the Washington game. Yeah. So I was glad to be wrong about how the run game was going to go. Yep. Um, the hardest one for me to grade was wide receiver. Cause there were some times where they were covered up pretty well. There were times where they were open and they didn't, they, the ball was not delivered to them. I didn't see any blatant drops. Um, but, uh, again, the reason why coaching is an F is how can you go from, um, you know, Devin Colt being a, a, a major chain mover to only getting one target and, and really wasn't involved in the passing scheme at all. Uh, I gave him dropped his dropped that one pass and you really didn't see any targets after that. I guess. I mean, I, I put him at a C, but I I don't really actually know what to put him at. I think that's a good one. I think receivers were trying, but they weren't really given any good opportunities because of the quarterback situation. Yeah. And the ones that he was connecting with, Went for 44 yards and a touchdown. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Terrell Bynum, five receptions, Pleasant, three, Adunze, three, McMillan, two, McGrew, two, Davis and Culp, both with one. I mean, that's not a lot. It's not a lot of receptions. And uh, just really, I I don't know if I can put it all at the feet of the receivers. Um, Yeah. If you want kind of a quarter by quarter at Washington, Passed seven times in the first, 11 times in the second, seven times in the third, and only one completed pass in the fourth. Yeah. Yep. They totally abandoned, they had totally abandoned the passing game um, for, I mean, good reason. The, the running game was good and the passing game was doing nothing. Yes. Um, offensive line, uh, man, they, 
every time a, a Washington running back touched the ball, they were getting six yards. So how do you not give them a B at least? I thought that they played their, probably their best game, especially on run, uh, uh, just road grading. Yeah, I'm not upset about it. It's kind of hard to nitpick a whole lot when we've been grading them so poorly all season based off of what was going on. Mm -hmm. But it's hard when you get so bought into the offensive line in the offseason. Right. It kind of makes me want to grade them a little harder because, I mean, I bought into it. I bought into what they were selling. Yeah. There was also a lot of offensive line injuries, too. Yeah. uh, A lot of players went down. Yep. I saw that. There was a lot. It looked like cramping. Yeah. That's kind of what I was hoping because like the weather, you know, is getting a little bit chillier and Mm -hmm. everything, but at the same time, it's kind of, you know, yeah, but you also still got to give, I mean, Dylan Morris really should only have about two and a half seconds to make a decision and throw the ball, but clearly this line needs a little bit longer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Switching over to the defensive side. I think this one's a a real treat to grade just because man, what a, what do you put on players and what do you put on coaching? So uh, what's your defensive line grade? I kind of want to go C, C minus somewhere around there. Um, Just because they were holding their own. Yeah. Against Oregon state for a while. Mm -hmm. And they were looking good. They were getting in the backfield. There was getting, they were getting pressure there. I'll take the seven total tackles for losses. You know, two of them Mm -hmm. coming from Sam Taimani, who had a great game. Oh, yeah. Great, great game. Mm -hmm. Um, Tuli Latula Gastanella, before he kind of went down, looks to hopefully not be a really big injury. Right. He was playing really well. But when it came down to knowing, and again, how much you want to put this on coaching, you know when Oregon State got that final turnover, you know. They're not going to pass. Right they're going to run. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, you don't need a coach at the D one level to tell you that they're going to run. <laughs> right. Right. You there know? was no way they were going to throw the ball. I was screaming. I was like, they're gonna run. Yeah. Yeah. As they're like trying to blitz. And I'm like, no, but yeah, what I'm trying to say is like kind of for that reason in those obvious situations, the defense looked a little lost Yeah, uh, at, the, at the line, like the, to kind the- of grade them harshly. When you see the front and you have Tuatele, um, uh, Taki, and Tuli, those those you feel really good about. It seems like the rest of the defensive line, you see flashes from Jacob Bandis, you see flashes from Voitanufi, you see flashes from Kwapehopa, but um, consistently snap in and snap out. I think if you don't see those three, uh, I get nervous at least. I don't, I don't know if you do. I might even, yeah, a hundred percent, but I might even kind of go B minus C plus because I also kind of forgot to mention that uh, Tutele did have the force fumble. That yeah, that was awesome. Up. So I, I have to kind of go a little bit higher than that, but. Yeah. What about linebacker? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, leading tackler for Washington was Eddie. Yeah. 60 total tackles, seven solo. Mm-hmm. He himself earned a really decent grade. Yeah. The other linebackers didn't play bad, mm-hmm. but they also, I don't think really helped the run game as much either. Right. I think they were kind of more bodies to get in the way yeah. instead of, gosh, I don't want to be rude, but, you know, kind of contributing a great amount. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'd, saw, probably go, I'd probably go C, C plus. Right. And you saw all of all four of the aforementioned players out there. Um, you saw Hammer, you saw Tafisi, and then obviously you see Jackson Sermon. And um, I saw Tafisi make a couple of play, uh, miss a couple of plays um, where he took some bad angles. Yeah. Um, so I think I think your grade's pretty spot on. Um, obviously, Eddie does what Eddie does. Yeah, he's he's been pretty quiet this season. Yeah. So I it was it was pretty great to have him have a big game defensively. Right. Still not. I mean, are you seeing from Ulufusio what you thought you would as as like um, even in where he leads the team by uh, seven tackles? Um, are you still seeing? Are you seeing what you'd expect to see out of somebody who you know was uh, All American preseason? Um, are you even in a game like this? Did you feel like he was dominant? I don't. I'm I'm with you. I don't. Yeah. I kind of get a little bit of Jake Browning from him. You know, he's there, and then all of a sudden he's just the this honors after this honors after this honors, and can't be stopped. Looks to be almost perfect, and mm-hmm. could get drafted tomorrow. Right. And then it's kind of just tanked a little bit yeah yeah like I don't, I don't know if it's teams doing what they need to do and kind of game planning and staying away from him it could I mean it also could be a little bit of um I mean they can key on him a little bit uh, there's yeah. the defensive line isn't as dominant as been in the past so uh that could be part of it it just doesn't seem like the Ula Fushio that we saw like last year and the year before where I was like oh what are we going to do when BBK leaves and all of a sudden there's this walk on from bishop gorman who's just a monster so lives, hopefully... lives in the mountains in alaska right right <laughs> catches his own dinner exactly <laughs> kidding i've watched too much what is it that alone on netflix where That's you can survive days in the wilderness i love that show i just saw it for the first time and then i was like oh bunnies <laughs> i was <laughs> oh, like yeah. I, I need to like close my if you're eyes a bunny fan that's not a show for you no um defensive backs Defensive backs, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go B plus. Yeah. I'm going to go B plus, um, you know, kind of allowing so few yards in the air, right. 48 yards right. and an interception. It's great. Needless to say, Chance only, you know, attempted 15, but mm. that's still great. Averaging 3.2, not bad. There was um, – some great plays. Kyler Gordon, the very first pass play chance one tried to do came from about seven yards back and just yeah. superman and batted that ball out. Yeah. Yep. Was was great. He asked me after the game, he was like, You think I could have picked that? And I was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think so, just because you were already coming from so far back. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how that one would have ended. Right. <laughs> but uh they had some great shining moments there. Mm-hmm. Asa looked great. It was good to see yeah. him kind of getting some reps. I don't like to point out names, but something that really, really bothered me was that final touchdown that Oregon State got. I don't know if you really watched any like that big replay I know exactly on the screen. What you're gonna say? I don't know if you want me to point out names, but I, the fact that he literally just turned sideways. 
mm-hmm. and watched him run into that end zone, I about flipped the stands. So I wondered if that was a, it, it was Alex Cook, right? Yes. Um, I wondered if that was a uh, decision from up above telling them to let them score. So we have a chance to go uh, to keep, to keep the game, to get the game, the ball back with time left on the clock. That that's, that's what I saw. Cause Alex cook does not do that. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, but that is a seven point game at that point. I don't I totally care agree, but, who you are. If yeah. that, you know, if you Washington could get stops, you could, mm-hmm. you know, make them earn every point when it's coming down to it. Washington could have held them to three. I mean, I'm sure Jonathan Smith was going to go for it on fourth down. That, that was the last. So the one that was on the last, uh, the last one, that wasn't a touchdown. The guy, the kid fell before he got in. Um, I thought he got in. I'm, I'm okay. Either, yeah, either, no, that was the way, one they kicked the field goal. I, I know. I felt the same fire and I'm pretty sure it came from the coaching staff. I'll let that slide a little bit, but it still burned me up. I bet. Clearly I'm like, my like watch is like flashing. It's like, it's vibrating on my wrist. It's like, now's a good time to breathe. And it's like, no, (laughs) now is not a good time to breathe. Yeah. But there's just instances like that, that I think Mm -hmm. there needs to not happen and be improvements. And there was missed tackles. Yes. I thought that was the, the, the one, the one glaring spot that I saw some mistakes from the secondary was a couple of uh, where they just didn't wrap up. Yeah. Um, you give up one 20 yard reception. I don't care. I mean, that's, it is what it is. You're, it is what it is. Coverage has been phenomenal. So um, I, 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 I like your grade. I, a minus B plus I'm right there with you. Thank you. Bye week. Um, I was pissed when I saw the bye week came yeah. after Oregon State. I was like, why? There should be so much momentum going in. And I'm like, oh, yeah. like, thank you. So I have three questions for you, and we're going to see how you do. <laughs> what is the state of this program right now? The state of this program, they're they're walking on coals. Yeah. Maybe, you know, not the players. But coaches are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Whether the athletic department wants to do anything about it, there is a lot of fire going around. And it's reflecting in the locker room. It's reflecting in the fan base. It's everywhere. And I guarantee you it will reflect in the recruiting. Yeah, It might even reflect in the transfer portal. If people think that Rome and Jalen and company are not going to consider leaving. If John Donovan stays around, they're crazy. Right. The state of the program is in trouble. And I feel like we've been pretty positive. I've been pretty positive, you know, and there's still so much season left. Yeah. Washington, you know, the only undefeated team in the North right now is Oregon state. Right. Right. Who would have thought. Right. Right. In terms of conference play. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Washington had won the championship game in 2018 with a two losses in the conference. Right. right. So there can very, very, very well be a big change. Yeah. But the, the, the schedule is only going to get harder. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, not, yeah. And we're going to get to expectations get here in a minute. Cause you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I, you know, I had my own analogy that I had in my head, but I like, wait, can, I want to hear it though. Uh, are you a Lord of the Rings fan? I finally just watched it for the first time, like a year and a half ago. So I get them now. Okay. So I, uh, I when, get when they're, what's the what? I said, I get it now. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, they're, they're, they're balancing on the blade of a knife one false move this way, one false move this way, it could, it could get real bad, but I kind of like feet to the fire because I think that uh, this coaching staff can go one of two ways because uh, in that fire, they can, uh, they can burn themselves um, or they can, you know, toughen up and figure out how to make some changes. And so uh, you win that one. I like that analogy a lot. Um, Changes. I want, I, I, I know you're going to ask me, but I do want to ask you and put you on the spot a little bit now. Uh, sure, um, go ahead. Do you see any coaching changes happening coming out of the bye week You don't have to say who, you know, yeah. it could be, it could be the offensive line, you know, whoever. Right. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, the, the, I, I can't say, I don't know. Cause that's, that's Bush league. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'm going, maybe we'll to... run it. Maybe we'll pass. I right, don't know. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I'm sitting on the fence. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there has to be some change and, um, uh, waking the, the, uh, the entire program up by, um, you know, taking responsibility away from somebody, whether that's in the public or just behind closed doors or outright firing somebody, I think there has to be a massive jolt to show that um, this is Jimmy Lake's program. And um, there's no better time to do it than a bye week. I, I mean, this if you're going to do it, it's going to be now. But I, I, the more I think about it, the more, you know, we've seen what Jimmy Lake can do. We both know parents that are in the program that talked about how Jimmy Lake's a huge reason why they're there whether when he was a position coach, D coordinator, or now head coach. Um, I think that Jimmy Lake has to, and this, I don't know how to say this tactfully, but um, I think Jimmy Lake needs to be his own coach. And I think that Jimmy Lake needs to um, understand that uh, Chris Peterson set him up for success, but he's not Chris Peterson and he needs to run his program. Like he wants to run his program. And um, if that means, uh, you know, getting rid of some of those holdovers. I don't know if that's the way you go about it, but you have to start putting your own fingerprints on this program, uh, by, by being yourself. And, um, I'm not sure if that's lopping heads or if that's just putting, um, responsibility in, in other people's hands. I love that you said that. And I think that, if Jimmy Lake wants to earn back some respect that he's lost from fans, if he wants people to have faith in him in the program, if people in the conference and schools and people outside of the conference want, if he wants them to take him seriously, he needs to stop taking blame for others. I respect the hell out of him when he said in his press conference, you know, if you're going to put names in headlines, put mine, Right. you know, captain going down with his ship. Mm -hmm. Cool. But 
at no one. It's it's kind of like if you want to, you know, you have kids, right? Yeah. If you know, say something happened and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, my kid did that, but you know, I I just need to be a better you know parent. Right. Like yeah. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Like that's not a learning experience, and that's not holding you know, this child accountable Mm -hmm. because they're going to keep doing it again. Right. And that's what's happening is these, these play calls that people are seeing and people are yelling at him. I also, I was, I was pissed when John Donovan addressed the media and he was kind of just like, I'm not paying attention to any of it. Like, Oh, you better be, you know, you better be just because, we, well, he's we, bad in front of a microphone. We we wanna yes. So yeah. like, <laughs> you think I'm stuttering now? Like like I was nothing? like, dude, compose yourself. Could you imagine listening to him eat a bowl of cereal? Like, <laughs> <laughs> anybody who like has like the like sound triggers like warning there, I apologize. <laughs> but but like Jimmy just, Jimmy needs to be rude and he needs to be a hard ass and he needs to start. Well, he's covered for him enough. I think you're absolutely right. He needs to start holding him accountable. Like Mm -hmm. if it's behind closed doors and we don't know about it, cool. But people are not going to stop yelling at Jimmy Lake and coming for Jimmy Lake's head. If we don't know that he is like, all he says is be like, you know, we've had a conversation. Mm -hmm. We're going to work. We, you know, we've had a conversation. It's been addressed. (laughs) And you brought up John Donovan. That is too. that is more than that. <laughs> well, and then John Don, like what you're saying uh, about John Donovan, like he comes out to this press conference and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, we didn't have a conversation about it. I just figured I'd go up uh, into the booth because, like, it's hard to play chess uh, below the table. It's like, then why were you ever below the table? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> I, I literally, I don't even know. Like, I kind of wanted to just be like, okay, if you didn't have a conversation, what, what clicked? Were you like, were you playing Madden on rookie mode one day? And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, look at this perspective. Like, just I, insane. I, yep. You yep. and I are both like holding our heads, right? It was a whore. That was, that was a very bad press conference. I'm pretty sure my right eye was twitching <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> TJ just like slides you some wine. Like, Hey, you're going to need this. He like came home. Like he was like, I got you some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually like sitting right here. They're like some fall ones too that I have like had been like, Oh, I like those at the well store. Done. And he, I was just like, he's got me flowers like twice. <laughs> like that is one of the, like, yeah, he, that's how bad it is. <laughs> um, Man expectations from this game forward. Where, where do you see this 2021 season going? <laughs> Washington needs three games to fall short of a bowl, which is yeah. crazy, which means they need four to win. Yeah. I think it, it can easily happen against Arizona. Yeah. Can easily happen against Colorado. Yeah. And the Apple Cup. I was pretty sure about that one. And then I saw how not close it was against Cal. Right. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's also Wazoo's MO, you know, right. plays really good. Right. Against uh, some decent teams and then really bad against bad teams. Right. So from by those counts, 
Washington doesn't make a bowl. Yeah. And I don't know if they do. Yeah. So it comes down to, I think I'm right there with you. I think that the, 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 the for sure wins are Arizona, Colorado, Wazoo. And then that leaves UCLA, Arizona state, Stanford, and Oregon. And which look to be the top four teams in each. Well, I mean, as Oregon state sitting on top of the North, the top team in the North. Um, <laughs> Quality loss. It's fine. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get, I mean, when you go, when you see that group, you're ha- I mean, at this point, you're happy with two and two. Um, you need one and three to make bowl eligibility. Yes. And I think this team can do it because they're still really talented. There just has to be. What's nice is only one of those is on the road. Yep. Good, good, good point. Only one of those is on the road and that's going to be down in Palo Alto. Yeah. Which could very well, if Washington fans want to still have hope and travel, that could very much be like a home game for Washington yeah. because that Stanford crowd. Non-existent. Yeah, but you never know after Oregon now. Right. <laughs> all of a sudden they're like selling all those tickets. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll see. We're, uh, they're, they're the Oakland Athletics of the Pac-12. They're pretty good, but they usually don't have many people there. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure my dad was just like, and. and. <laughs> oh, no, is he an A fan? <laughs> Well, I mean, he, I mean, he can't go to the games, but when you're in a playoff race and there's only 4,000 fans in the seats, there's an issue. Honestly. So, well, hopefully, you know, well, hopefully they figure it out, but if they move to Portland, he can come to some more games. He was liking Vegas. That would be a fun trip. Um, yeah. So that's all I got. Do you have anything else to add on this? I mean, we've, we've gone long. It's, it's, it's a frustrating, frustrating uh, review to do because Washington is the more talented team. They had a shot to win and they did not. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I think this one's a little bit longer because you and I are finally letting a little bit loose on how we feel about some things because you, you know, you're a huge, you're a huge Husky fan, right? Like you have a very like great podcast where you want to have as much of a neutral and great content as possible, Mm -hmm. but there's only so you have, everyone has a breaking point. Yeah. And, and really what it comes down to is I, I truly, I love this program as you do, but I really, I really like Jimmy Lake and I I I, like, I want him to succeed. And, um, but we're also a part of sports illustrated and we have to be objective and, um, we're going to keep rooting for this team. We're not going to give up. I, 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 everything that we say on here, we are rooting for Jimmy Lake to be successful. Yeah. We don't, we don't want the, you know, program to crash and burn. We want Jimmy to succeed. And, you know, even if we're, you know, secretly either of us are, you know, like the fire John Donovan train, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't mean we want him to crash and fail so hard. He gets fired because we, we want to win. Yeah. Like you're competitive. I'm competitive. Yeah. We want to win. It's and nothing personal. We want nothing, yeah. nothing personal at all. And I think that's mm-hmm. while fans don't come across the best way all the time, it's because they care about the program. Yeah. And because they love the program. Yep. They want the program to win. And this might be one of the most talented rosters that Washington has had. Yeah. And they know that. We know that, which makes it that much more frustrating and personal and heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah. 
And I tell you what, win, lose, or draw, we'll be back. Um, we'll have our pick show coming out later this week. Um, we got some stuff kick, uh, brewing for the um, for the bye week. And then, of course, uh, after UCLA, we'll be back in full rhythm. So for Trevor Mueller, Kayla Olin, go dogs. Go dogs.